Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. In the past several months, I've been getting more and more podcast pitches from people who want to be a guest on this very show here, um, or their PR people, you know, trying to get them placed as a guest, trying to come on to talk to you guys to be interviewed as a guest on this show. I've noticed that recently, especially, I've gotten some really good ones. And on the call for our PR bootcamp program, um, if you've probably heard me seen or uh, seen or heard me mention this at some point, but we have a small group program where I lead other business owners through doing their own PR from start to finish on their own in, you know, different than the clients that we actually work with on a day-to-day basis that we do it all for them. Um, these are women who, you know, we have videos and workshops and all the communication, feedback, and accountability just provided by me in between all of those um, for them to actually do their own PR, create their own pitches, reach out to media themselves, and get media coverage themselves. So anyway, when we were on our last workshop call um, with that group of women, we were discussing their pitches and what they're working on and really diving into some of the things that will make their pitches really good and will make them stand out and all of those kinds of things. Um, So I ended up going through on that call and showing them some real examples from some of the pitches I've gotten recently, because it's one thing to tell them what I know and what I have found from my experience with pitching my clients and what works for us to get getting placements for our clients in media outlets. But It's also another thing to be able to show what a good pitch looks like from the receiving end because it somehow sometimes feels a little bit different and you really pick up on other things when you're the receiver. Um, You know, when you're putting together a pitch, you can be like kind of know all the right things to do. You kind of know all the rules, but sometimes you're like, well, but like this might be like a instance where, you know, they'll overlook this or where that other thing might be more important or whatever because you're so like in it in terms of you know, you really care about what you're pitching. Um, But when you're seeing it from the other side of things as being the person who's receiving the pitch, and you really don't know all those new nuances that might make you feel some other way when you're making the pitch. Um, Anyway, I just feel like different things kind of come up sometimes when you see it from that side of things. So this is also it's something I do with my PR agency team too, sometimes because when it's because it's the same thing. I think it's really good for them to be able to see what it looks like um, from the other side of things. So sometimes when I get a really good pitch from someone for the podcast or for the magazine that we publish, I'll share it with my team internally and be like, see how good this one was. Let's see how and why it caught my eye and why it was such an easy yes. 
And that's something I always say, you've probably heard me say it before, is like, what will make this be an easy yes? Whether it's for, you know, us as in terms of accepting a pitch or for, you know, usually the media, the writer, they're the media person that we are pitching, like what will make it an easy yes for them when they receive our pitch? So I like for us to be thinking about what can we keep in mind and implement next time in some of our pitches that, you know, some of the, what, what are we seeing in these pitches that are things that we could use next time? Um, or just keep in mind, you know, or get like inspiration or just, you know, what really is standing out. So anyway, I realized that this was really interesting and valuable information. And while I can't exactly show you all of these pitches through your speaker here, I can explain a couple of the things that stood out to me as some of the best pitches I've gotten lately, specifically for this podcast, because I just think that's interesting too, because you know this podcast, assuming this isn't the first episode you've listened to, even if it is, you're probably already getting a sense of what this podcast is like. So you can kind of imagine like what it's like when somebody is pitching me for the podcast, like what, what things they're saying that would make sense, what things would resonate with me. So anyway, I thought it would be really interesting for you to kind of hear about it. So again, I feel like as with what I told the PR bootcamp group, it's one thing to hear it from me as a PR person in terms of here's how to pitch, but it's another thing to hear it from me as someone who's receiving the pitches and actually seeing what tons of other people are actually doing on a day-to-day basis. And let me tell you, a lot of people are doing it wrong and I, not wrong exactly. And I don't want to like discourage you or make you feel like you, oh, I might do it wrong too though. So now I don't want to try. That's not what I mean, but I just mean people are, a lot of people are not standing out and it doesn't seem like they're really trying to stand out. I guess that is, that is the main mistake. So when like, cause in reality, it's fairly easy to stand out since most people aren't taking the extra steps or the extra five minutes to do so, which means if you are, you really shine. So, okay, one of the first things that I really liked in some of uh, some of the recent pitches were when they, um, I would say the first thing, easiest thing, maybe, well, these, these are all so easy. These are all so easy, so I can't even say that, but one of the first things that I really liked were when they complimented a recent episode. It showed that they actually listen to the show and that they'll know that what they're pitching makes sense to my audience and fits in with my show and everything like that. Like it actually makes sense. And plus it's just nice to know that someone actually listens and enjoys the show. Um, we have a form that you're technically supposed to fill out if you want to be a guest on the show. Many people don't do that and they'll email me directly instead, which is a whole other conversation in itself. I don't generally recommend doing this, but we'll talk about that later because right now this episode is about things I liked in these personal email pitches. So I'm going to ignore the fact that I ask people not to send them in the first place because I just think honestly, the form is a way easier way to keep track of submissions. And that is why I have the form and why I ask people to do the form. As a PR person, I totally understand trying not to use it because we do the same thing. You always try to find a personal email and a personal connection if you possibly can. So since I'm pretty open with my email, people know, know it or find it and can reach out to me directly. 
In reality, I prefer the form because the whole point is that my inbox gets very full with day-to-day stuff, you know, client stuff, everything else, and it's not really like the home of the podcast. It's not meant to be um, because I do a lot of other things, and so that is why I like to have everything go to a form, and then I can just check all the details on the form whenever I'm ready, but I have been getting some good emails. So that is what we're talking about is the way people have stood out in a pitch email. So anyway, we, we can talk about that later. But anyway, on the form that you're supposed to answer, um, I or that you're supposed to fill out, I literally have a question on that form that says something like, have you listened to the podcast? And if so, what was one of your favorite recent episodes or something like that? And I literally put that question there to try to see if people really are listeners and if they really will understand the show and stuff. Because again, like if you listen to the show, you kind of know where we're going with the episodes, right? You know what makes sense. But after getting so many that just said no, I even added in parentheses to the end of that question, like something like hint, if you haven't, go do so right now so that you can answer yes to this. And people still say no. It's baffling to me that you would just, that you, that like, why wouldn't you go open your podcast app right now and find the title of the last episode I put out and write it down just so that it will look like you've actually tried to listen to my podcast. Honestly, I have no way of knowing if you actually listen to it or not, you know, but you can easily go and see what one of the titles was and just say that was your most favorite, your favorite episode recently. So anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but basically people are really honest about not listening to the show before pitching me, which I just think is so strange and, um, and just interesting. So when someone says that they do listen and make it sound like they actually have enjoyed the show in general, even before they wanted to come on it, like that they just have always liked the show, that really stands out to me. And when they actually pinpoint an episode they recently liked or one or two key points from it specifically, so it really seems like they actually listened to the episode and didn't just get the title, um, and that they actually did enjoy it or, you know, learn something from it or whatever, that is really awesome. So that is such an easy sort of common sense thing that you can absolutely do. (laughs) And it almost seems surprising that this is one of the things on my list of things that made a good pitch recently, but it really is because that is how often people don't do that, (laughs) that when they did, it made it, you know, it stands out to me. So that is something you can absolutely do. Okay. Um, so the next one is also pretty obvious. I think the, because it's what makes any pitch good. So if you know anything about pitching, you'll have, you'll kind of, this makes sense, but it's just having super clear info and topic suggestions in the pitch, like as the main pitch. I like to have two to three topic suggestions suggested in the pitch because, you know, in case I've recently done an episode similar to one of them or something, I sometimes record pretty far in advance. So even if they do listen to the podcast regularly, they won't necessarily know what I recorded in recent weeks that hasn't been released yet. So sometimes I'll know that I'll have an episode with a certain topic and even, you know, they could have done all the best research in the world and they would have no way of knowing that, you know, I have an episode planned for the next couple of weeks. That's like on that exact same topic. So a few options that would all work well for a conversation is helpful because again, that way, if you know, the person sounded interesting, but like the topic they suggested 
wasn't good because like we for example we were are just covering it somewhere else instead of like that being like oh you know what? it doesn't make sense because we'll have just had a really similar episode it's like oh here are some other options that are still a good conversation with this person so that's really helpful and they must be unique they have to be pretty unique options like you have to actually be able to have a conversation that's not just like the same conversation that i'll be having with like you know 50 other people so especially for a service-based business i'm really sorry to say i mean i'm a service-based business owner too um but there are so many marketing people. There are so many coaches of all kinds. There are so many people who do similar things in service-based businesses that there has to be a reason that I'll want to talk to you rather than one of the 20 others who pitched me who seemed really similar. So it's not just like your, your story ideas or your conversation ideas, not just like how to do your marketing. It has to be something that really sounds unique and like a new take on something or some focus within that topic that will be especially interesting for listeners to get to dive deeper into. But also I just want to go back to the clarity piece too, because it's not just the topic suggestions, but some of the good ones I got recently have like really clearly spelled out sentences like here's why so-and-so would be a great guest on your show and explains a few sentences about her, basically like sort of her bio essentially. And then here are some topics you could speak with her on. So it's just like really broken down. Like here's why she's interesting. Here's what you could talk about with her. And it's just like, okay, I don't need to even like think about this. Like I don't need to do any research. I don't need to Google her. I don't need to look at her website. Like, cause you just spelled it out in one sentence, like why she's interesting to have on and what we could talk about. That would be interesting and fun to talk about. It's just so clear, so easy. Um, and that's, what makes an easy yes. And don't forget when it comes to clarity, specifying that you're pitching me for my podcast, good podcast pitches to me, at least specify that you're pitching me for the podcast. Most people who have a podcast also do other things, right? Like there's, there are some people obviously where like podcasts is their main job or whatever, but for most people, it's not your main job. You're doing other stuff. So if you're emailing me directly, and again, this is like my main reason for why I have that form and don't want people to email me directly. Um, because honestly, these get stuck in my inbox for a long time, usually, unless they super, super stand out and I really want to schedule a recording. But usually I'm just not scheduling guest conversations for the podcast that often because it's not the main focus of my job day to day. And I'm focusing on other stuff. And then I go through like every several months to find like a couple of interviews I want to set up and I set them all up at once and do them. And then we have, you know, content for the podcast for the next several months. Um, so like literally months will go by before I really want to think about and focus on new guests for the podcast, which I know is frustrating. And from, as a pure person standpoint, I totally get that super frustrating. I, I hate that. Um, I want people when I pitch them to get back to me right away too. But in reality, like if I was stopping what I was doing every day to look at podcast pitches. It just, I wouldn't be able to get my day-to-day work done. So it's, it's really helpful for me. And I suggest this to a lot of people too. I mean, to people in most instances, when we're working on pitching other people too, it's really helpful to see right in the subject line and, or right in the first line of the email that you're pitching me for the podcast. So I don't have to kind of guess about why you're emailing me. Like, is it for my podcast or is it for our magazine or is it a cross promo with one of my clients or are you someone who may want our PR services even? Sometimes you'd maybe be surprised, but there are some pitches that are so bad. I sort of can't tell what they're even asking for. Usually I can tell it's for the podcast, even if it's not as clear as it should be, but 
it's just always a much stronger pitch if you're super clear and I don't have to second guess it at all. And I've definitely had people pitch where I really don't know if they're talking about the podcast or the magazine. And then it's just kind of like an awkward thing to have to like ask, like to have to reply and be like, hey, like just wanted to see what exactly you're asking me to do. So usually I just, you know, am I going to bother? Maybe not, you know? So keeping that really clear, making it really obvious what you're pitching, just putting podcast pitch or, um, you know, and then semicolon and then the actual subject of your email. So easy. So when people do that or, and, or put it like at the very beginning of the email, that makes it a good pitch. I just wanted to quickly let you know that we're hosting another pitch party on April 22nd and it is a free event on Zoom, virtual, you can do from anywhere and you can register at quotablemediaco.com slash pitch party. It's taking place on April 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern time and what we're going to do is just come on and talk about what a pitch is for what a media pitch is and how to write one and how to know who to send it to. So if pitching media is something you've been thinking about doing, if you've seen our pitch parties in the past, but not been able to come, if you have come in the past, but want to come do one again, this is something you can do literally over and over again, because we talk about what a pitch is and how to do it. And then we actually take time to start drafting a pitch. So even if you've done one a couple months ago, you can absolutely do another one and do another round of, of outreach with that pitch. So join us on April 22nd and I hope to see you there. Okay. So the next thing, this is a more unique one. Um, showing that they rated and reviewed the show. Huge. I think I've only had one person do this and it was a, it was a pitch that I got really recently and it was one of the best pitches I've ever gotten for the podcast ever, probably. I emailed her right back and told her so too, by the way. Like, like you know, I said, just said, like, I don't usually review <laughs> podcast pitch emails that often if I don't need to. Um, but I still usually, like, see them come in, right? So I saw this come in and it was so good that I did reply right away. So there's always, like, that, you know, opportunity, <laughs> that potential there. But that's if it's a really good one. So that is why you should make your pitch be really good. But anyway, she said something like, I know the importance of ratings and reviews for podcasts. Um, so I went ahead and gave you a five-star rating and, and wrote a review or something, and I'm attaching a screenshot here. So which she really did, she put a screenshot of like her review at the bottom of the email. So I could actually see that she really did it. And that was honestly so nice. <laughs> Because you'd be surprised how hard it is to get people to leave a rating or review on a podcast. I mean, have you left me a rating yet? I challenge you to do so if you haven't. But most people don't. And it really is so, so helpful and important in getting the listens and the downloads up and therefore sharing the podcast with more, which the, the podcast with more people, which is the whole point of why we do this is to get it in front of people so people can hear these conversations. So literally anytime I get a review, I'm so happy and excited by it. So this just literally seemed so nice and it literally gave me like some endorphins probably or something that associated this pitch with feeling good. And like, why wouldn't I want to do this interview after that? I mean, of course, if 
the person seemed really weird or random, you know, if it was the pitch didn't make sense in terms of the guest and the story, maybe I wouldn't have, but there was no reason not to interview this person, you know, and the fact that the pitch was so good just made me want to. So it was such an easy, again, such an easy thing to do. Took her probably one minute, less than one minute to press the five stars on the podcast and then take a screenshot. So easy. And again, it should be authentic because you, you do really love this podcast. And that's, I mean, I hope like if you're thinking of pitching the podcast, you do really want to be on it because you like it. Right. So it's not like, I'm not telling you to go out there and like review all these podcasts just to get on, but you want to get on these podcasts because you do like them, right? Because they make sense for you. So it's a true and authentic thing to be, to, to, to review them and to tell them you review them and you love them. So that's why it just makes sense. It's so easy and it really stood out. It really stands out. So just like, why not do that? So that was honestly, I mean, that might even be the best, um, the best one here, the best one on on this list. Um, but moving on, um, I also good pitches, a couple of the good ones I've gotten recently offer reciprocation. So if possible, like I know that's again, not necessarily applicable for everyone, but if, you know, for example, they invited me to come be a guest on their show later on, um, like, like if the person they were pitching has a podcast also, or making it clear that they'll be sharing it with their audience, because that shows, you know, that you'll be doing your part in marketing the show and again, getting it in front of more people and everything, which is what we want to do here. So whatever that is, that makes sense maybe for you in terms of offering some kind of reciprocation, even just offering this, even if they don't take you up on it, it helps build a relationship and it helps make it feel like less of a one-way ask, you know, which just makes it feel good. Like sometimes people offer that. And honestly, if I don't know, if I don't follow up about being on the show or I'm not interested, like that's fine. But the fact that they invited me and like said it was like an option just is nice. Like, it's like, oh yeah, like we're, this can be a two way street. It's not just them asking to be on, like asking for something from us. Right. So that is, um, the offer of reciprocation always stands out to me. Um, and then again, this is something that we always, I always recommend people do when they're pitching too, but it does, it did stand out to me. I got a couple of really good ones recently, a clear and like great, well done one sheet or one pager or like a one page media kit, depending on whatever word you want to use for it. We call it, um, I usually call it a one pager, but, but some people call it a one sheet or, or some people call it a media kit. It's usually like a more condensed version of a media kit. When we do a media kit for a client, it's much longer than this. This should be literally one page. That's just like what people do usually for a podcast. Um, but it outlines the guest and the topics that they can talk about basically. So it just makes it that much easier to see what they're all about, what some of the topics, you know, some more of the topic opportunities are. Maybe they put like a couple bullets in the email, but there's more, you know, information that could have been part of that. So that's on this one sheet where I can look if I want more information or more topic ideas. And it just gives you a sense of like their brand in a deeper way. It's, it's, um, you know, more, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) It's more visual, you know, so you can actually get a sense of their brand. Like what does it look like? What feelings does it convey when you see this, this page that is, you know, 
a visual representation of them and their brand. Um, for me too, what I really like about them is it's so easy to download and share. So for example, I've been saving these and sharing with a team member who helps me outline, you know, if I'm doing the episode, if I'm doing an interview with this person, she helps me outline the episode conversation and just really, it's easy when I can just shoot the document over to her and be like, here's this page and she can see the brand in a visual way too and she can use it to start drafting questions even if she may or may not have seen like the whole initial pitch she can get pretty much whatever she needs from this one sheet um and it's just like easier to share than the whole email so yeah that's why I really like it um that's why yeah it just again makes my life easier makes it easier to prep an episode um and also I mean the good thing about them is it can it can fit more than your pitch, right? You don't want your pitch email to be that long, but this is a chance to get more information. Once I've become interested by the shorter pitch and I'm like, yeah, this person seems cool. And then I see this, that there's like this one sheet and that maybe has the full bio, right? Which could be interesting or helpful. That maybe has more pitch topics. As I said, that might have more, you know, examples of talking points or places she's been featured that I can then click over to to see more information or hear you know what kind of interviews they've done things like that it's just like more supporting information so that's really helpful um and then lastly the offer of a sample is always fun if applicable again that's obviously not gonna be something everybody can do but if you have a product-based business I've had more companies offering me a sample to try before doing the recording, which is really nice because not only is it fun, but it lets me really get a sense of what they do and what it's like. And it allows me to create a conversation and questions around it in a much deeper kind of way. I think a lot much more authentic if I've like actually seen and tried the product, which for someone like me, who's really working to elevate the podcast and make every single episode that we do be as good as it possibly can be like having this extra opportunity to feel like I'm getting firsthand research into the product is really cool. I just feel like it elevates the kind of conversations we can be having. And also I can create content around it leading up to the podcast episode, like leading up to it coming out, which is really cool. I think it, I think it just like is fun to be able to share that stuff with the audience and let people see some of the, the brands that we're working with. So, um, that's been really fun. And that is again, something that's been happening more recently for me at least. Um, and if you follow us on Instagram, you've probably seen some of these things. But yeah, it's just been fun to share and fun to get to feel like we're really being a part of the brand and seeing what they're all about before having that conversation with the founder. And I don't know, I think it just kind of like almost ups the excitement a little bit. Like once I've held your product in my hand and like gotten to try it or taste it or smell it or whatever it is, like, I don't know. I'm like, I get really excited by that stuff. So I'm like, wow, now I get to talk to you too after I've seen how cool your product is. Like it just like really elevates it for me. So I think, again, obviously not something everything can, everyone can do, but if you can, it's cool to keep it in mind. And I would say, you know, some of the best pitches that I've gotten recently had the offer of a sample as part of it. So I wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, I think those are pretty much the main things. Um, yeah, those are the, those are the main things that have stood out to me recently as, either key components of some of the best pitches I got recently, or, you know, keep in mind most, I don't think any pitches had all of these things. 
Um, no, none of them had all of these things because <laughs> even that one that I said was the best pitch I had gotten that wasn't for a product based business. So it didn't offer a sample. Um, but most of them were like, yeah, these are like components from a few of a few different ones of my favorite pitches recently. Um, if you could try to combine all of them, that would be amazing. If you can try to combine even just like several of these things into your next podcast pitch, I really bet you'll get a positive response. They're just, honestly, they're not that fancy or difficult. Like there's no reason everyone isn't doing all of them. But again, most people just aren't. So there's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, maybe there are other podcasts out there where people are getting way better pitches than I am. So I don't want to say completely like you're going to be fully standing alone, but I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think I get a pretty, like the pitches I get kind of run the gamut and I think I get a pretty well-rounded, um, sampling of (laughs) different types of pitches. So I think that it's, you know, pretty accurate to say that a lot of people aren't doing all of these things, but there's no reason not to. So there's a lot of opportunity to stand out. And I hope some of this insight into the best pitches I've gotten recently is helpful for you to hear about and that it might help strengthen your pitching in the future. Or I hope that it got some ideas going for you in terms of how you can pitch yourself to a podcast. And as always, if you want to practice your podcast pitching, pitch me for this podcast. I'll be the gentlest teacher ever because I just want you to practice and feel good about doing it. And I'll know that you're using this as practice. So I'm not going to say anything mean, I promise. Not that I ever do or would (laughs) for a podcast pitch, but I know people get really anxious or nervous before like pitching something, anything for the first time before pitching themselves for the first time. And I just want you to know, like, we would just be the lowest kind of, um, barrier to entry pitch. Not that we're necessarily going to accept you. We really have very limited spots on the podcast for this year. So I can't say we'll definitely accept you, but just even like ripping off that bandaid of the first pitch, like just having sent the email, um, could be really helpful for you. So I'm happy to be that recipient. And also, um, also I can, provide any feedback too. Like if you want to even just send me your sample pitch, even if it's not really like pitching this podcast, um, just to, to see what I would suggest. Um, but in general, I mean, I do have a couple spots left for this year and I do already really like you because you listen to my podcast. So you probably are up there on the list. So I also don't want to deter anyone from, from actually pitching this for this podcast. Um, But yeah, if you have any questions at all, just feel free to email me, feel free to ask me. You can email me at alessandra at quotablemediaco.com or message me on Instagram, which is at quotablemediaco. I'm always happy to help however I can. Happy to offer ideas. I thought there was one other thing I was going to say, but now I forgot what it was. Um, But yeah, I think I was just going to say to practice, the more you practice, the better it feels. Oh, I was going to say, I know that I realized this episode, I mean, this, like what I've just said was focused on some of the best pitches I got, but it didn't actually tell you how to pitch a podcast. But I know we have other content about that. Um, so I don't mean to just be like, oh, now that you've heard this, like practice pitching, but (laughs) assuming that you have heard other content that we've put out, seen other things we've done about how to pitch, or you already feel confident about that, then you can kind of incorporate some of these bits into your pitch to make it be even better. So I don't mean to imply that by listening to this one episode, 
you know how to do it but actually I will put we have a download on this so I will put a download on the website for this episode on the like we have a show notes page on the website for every episode so we will I'll put a download on there that is about how to get featured on a podcast and it will include some tips on pitching like how to stand out with the above the things we've just talked about but also some of the other steps for getting yourself featured like what else to do to actually like know how to pitch a podcast so that will be helpful if this did spark your desire to want to give it a try um so you can find that there I'll put we'll put the episode um the link for that episode the link for that page in the show notes right here so you can find that if you scroll down to the show notes and you can go download that page which I think will be really helpful we'll include that as a free download so yeah I hope that was helpful thanks for listening if you enjoyed this show please subscribe to quotable a female millennial entrepreneur podcast wherever you listen so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on itunes so other people will be able to find us easily also don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show we're all about connecting and our instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com podcast If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.